At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Business of Esports podcast, the official podcast of esports. We explore the intersection of business and esports, one of the fastest growing industries in the world and the future of fun. Please welcome your host, Paul, the esports prophet, Dawalibi. The Business of Esports podcast begins now. From the keyboard to the boardroom, this is the Business of Esports podcast. I am Paul the Prophet Dawalibi. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, the Honorable Judge Jimmy Barada. For those of you who are new here, welcome to the official podcast of eSports. What we do is we cover the most pressing gaming and eSports topics and news of the week. But we look at all of it through a business and C-suite lens. We dissect, we analyze the business implications of everything happening in this industry. For our regular listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. Thank you for all the love, the five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't yet, go leave a review on the podcast. I promise we read them all. We're humbled by them all. Or even better, share the podcast with a friend, a colleague, someone you know who's interested in the gaming and esports space, uh, or maybe should be interested in the gaming and esports space. We really appreciate that as well. Jimmy, how you doing this week? I'm happy to be back, Paul. I'm sorry I missed last week's episode, but it sounded like it went really great. If you, if you guys haven't listened to it yet, you know we had Twitter on the show. We're, we're discussing all of their their quarterly reports on engagement, right, and chatting behavior and and thank you. Shout out to Jeff the Juice Cohen for filling in for me. I'm sure. I'm sure he's not uh, too pleased that I'm back in town and he had to give up the hot seat. It, it was a fun episode, and uh, Rishi from Twitter definitely had some interesting insights. So I, I do agree. Everyone should tune into that. Uh, how was your week off, though, Jimmy? The, the, you were fishing, right? I saw I pictures was... of very, very large <laughs> fish. Yeah, this was not my... VR fishing, right? This was real life. Maybe one day that would save me a full day of travel on the front and back end. Uh, but I was deep sea fishing off the off the western coast of Canada, about an hour flight south of Alaska. We went for halibut, salmon, a bunch of different things. My wife's family does it every year, so it's a really fun experience. And you know, Paul, I don't take a lot of time off, so it was actually really uh, relaxing to completely disconnect. You know, even the Wi-Fi at the lodge is spotty. It's uh, but it's off the Haida Gwaii Islands. It's incredibly remote and, and truly a beautiful place. But, but did you get an achievement for any of the fish you caught? <laughs> no NFTs of the fish you caught? None of this? It was just catch it, it and was release? All, it was, was all real-world fishing. Nothing? <laughs> I, I own uh, about 150, 200 pounds of actual fish in my freezer, <laughs> okay. but nothing okay. that I could put on open sea, unfortunately. <laughs> that is unfortunate. It therefore has no value, uh, <laughs> is, is the conclusion of all this. Uh, but no, it's so good to have you back. Um, we do, though, have an amazing, amazing guest this week. We have none other than Bobby Baird, who is uh, the lead, the leading customer success at Stream Hatchet. And uh, can't wait to have him talk about Stream Hatchet on the show today. Welcome, Bobby, to the Business of Esports podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the invite. Excited to be here. 
Bobby, for our listeners who maybe don't know about you, don't know about Stream Hatchet, would love a little bit of your background, why you got into gaming, how you got into gaming, you know, what you're focused on at Stream Hatchet, what Stream Hatchet does, what they're all about. Uh, would love a little bit of the background. Yeah, absolutely. So I can kind of give you my elevator pitch of like how I ended up um, at this fun little data company. So I started my career and kind of my career at esports actually at the same time. I think like five years ago now, I uh, started as an intern at a uh, marketing agency called Player Two. Had never heard about esports before, knew nothing, knew nothing about like competitive, but but definitely played a lot of video games. Had an Xbox. I think I spent a lot of my college time like either uh, playing Smash against my friends or um, playing like Counter Strike stuff like that. So I uh, I. Got this opportunity. Uh, John Pierce was the was the guy who kind of gave me my first shot. Um, he took he took a look at some essays that I wrote for him, just on uh, different kind of marketing campaigns that had happened. He said, "All right, you can write, but what do you know about esports?" And I'm like, "I play Battlefield." And he's like, "Well, that's not an esport, but you know, let's <laughs> let's give you a go." I worked for him for about a year. Um, one of his clients that he was uh, consulting for was a uh, holding company called Millennial Esports, uh, formerly. Um, that had owned a subsidiary uh, called Stream Hatchet, which was this small kind of rinky-dink little data company that was doing some cool stuff with the Twitch API. Um, I got involved as like their first kind of like marketing resource. Uh, joined Jake, who uh, was the first sales resource there, uh, to kind of support him on the marketing side. Started writing in a couple newsletters, um, and then years and years later. Time has flown. It's kind of graduated from like a little startup in the gaming space and a more of like a small business. Uh, we work with about like 80 of the top uh, businesses across like the esports and video games industry. Um, and then that client roster includes like your likes of Riot Games, Activision Blizzard, uh, Team Solo Mid, uh, Microsoft, uh, Nestle. So a lot of fun companies that are both endemic to the space and also kind of dipping their toes in, trying to understand what the heck to do. And Bobby, I, I would love a little bit of like, um, where, where does Stream Hatchet fit in to the ecosystem from like, could you t talk to me a little bit because data product is a bit vague, you know, like what, why do people come to Stream Hatchet? Why do people come to you? Why do companies talk to you guys? What, what usually is the problem they're trying to solve? So I'll give you the fun answer, and then I'll give you the real answer. Um, the fun answer is we make really pretty PowerPoints. I want to get a t-shirt <laughs> that, that actually says that. That's something I've been pushing for for a long time. Um, really, what we, what we do is we help companies kind of make sense of like live streaming audiences um, around either esports events, uh, content creators, or... Uh, games and so why a company would come to Stream Hatchet, um, you know, uh, the first use case like if I'm an esports team, um, content creators uh, and like my streaming audience are really like the lifeblood of the uh, media that I sell. So it's really important for them to number one be able to kind of like pull that all together into a really concise report where they can go back to a brand or a marketing agency and say, hey, here's our social reach across live streaming. 80% um, of our audience is focused around content creators. 20% of our audience is more hardcore fans watching us for uh, some of the biggest esports broadcasts globally. Uh, so that's use case number one. Use case number two, um, in the case of like an Activision, is like it's a huge endeavor uh, to market those Call of Duty titles and other titles that they're launching. Streaming is by and large, the most effective way to do that, I think gaming creators, as opposed to cardboard cutouts and GameStop, which you'd be surprised, a lot of CMOs still think that's good marketing spend, as opposed to your Nick Merckx, your Tim the Tapmans of the world. So it's really important for them to be able to kind of scout that talent, figure out who's going to be the most like authentic, even though I hate that buzzword, you know, the most authentic for that kind of campaign. You know, you don't want to pay like, I think he's hilarious, but like Ludwig is probably not a great brand advocate or uh, supporter creator for like Call of Duty um, versus like a Nick Merckx who would be a great um, kind of content creator around that. And then the final use case, which is my favorite, although it's the hardest, 
is you have tons of brands coming in saying like, I know I need to do something in gaming. You know, I'm getting hounded by my CMO. I have no idea what to do. Can someone just like put that together in an objective sense and tell me what the true objective values are around this esports property versus this esports org versus this talent agency versus whatever? Like, tell me what I'm getting and then tell me, help me understand what is most valuable for my campaign because reach isn't always the most valuable metric. Uh, sometimes it's engagement, sometimes it's hitting a certain type of fan, you know, all of that. Sometimes it's just the overall messaging. So that's probably the hardest, but that kind of sums up in a nutshell, like how we support uh, various stakeholders uh, with their kind of marketing efforts in gaming. Have you, have you guys, you know, given this, the expertise and very specific expertise around streaming, do you feel like we have settled on a standard way of measuring streaming audience? Like, I feel like this is one of these unresolved black boxes still in gaming and esports and in the streaming world specifically. Do you guys feel like you have solved that, right? Like that, that you can very accurately measure both the size, value, however, like whatever the metric is of those streaming audiences consistently across platforms, across geographies, mm -hmm. et cetera? Um, yeah, I want to say yes and no. It's like, it's kind of like a moving target, Paul. Um, it would be awesome, you know, across any media, if you could just boil it down to like one metric. I think typically the way we approach that question is like, here's all these different metrics. Here's all these KPIs. What's important for you? Um, you know, if you're looking from like an esports side, I think it's a little easier to do that. But even then, it's a little more nuanced. And I'll, I'll give you a great example of that. So uh, if we're looking at something, if we're trying to do a comparison just on like a metric like AMA, average concurrence, whatever you want to call it, I think AMA is the more professional term. And we're comparing something like um, Fortnite uh, Challenger Series to um, or Champions League, I forget what it's called. Uh, to uh, like Call of Duty League, right? One way of looking at that is I can say like, hey, I'm just going to look at like the main Epic Games channel or the main Fortnite channel. Um, and then I'm going to compare that to the main Call of Duty League channel. Okay, the Call of Duty League channel is like way, way bigger. Um, that's where I want to put, if I'm just measuring that one metric again, it's really easy to say this is bigger, this one's not. But then, then let's like back up and let's think, okay, now there's all this co-streaming that's happening, right? There's like a million feed, maybe there's a million feeds for Fortnite, but there's like 10 for Call of Duty, right? Now I'm gonna get the same number, but it's kind of presented to me differently. It's gonna have a different meaning, right? So one, one kind of uh, pro of co-streaming is like, I just 10X my audience, right? I've also created a lot of different um, like styles or like variety and kind of flavors of content where it can actually engage more viewers. Like if you look at um, Valorant, who I think has done a great job of kind of pioneering like co-streaming within esports and really making it meaningful, like they've really adapted that well, where you can look at the, well, previously, I think you could look at like the Shroud broadcast. Obviously now he's, he's a pro for Sentinels, but you could look at that and you would be able to appreciate his commentary over the game versus like the main commentary. Here's the con of that, where you're kind of selling something different. Obviously, like the further you are away from like the premium content, potentially the less uh, immersed you are in advertising and branded content, right? So if I'm looking at the Call of Duty League channel and I'm watching that, I mean, I'm immersed with the broadcasters. We can go to the Powered by Intel Insights, whatever segment, and I'm really getting that Intel messaging. But if I'm watching a co-streamer, a little bit there's a little bit of a disconnect between that the streamer might be talking over that branded content you know they might be talking about something that's completely unrelated to the content right so the value of that is is different then we can try to back up and I, i'm sorry for giving a long-winded answer and, and making this even more complicated but now let's just look at like i'm tsm and i'm selling my property apples to apples with the call of duty league Okay, if we're looking at AMA, TSM as like all of these streamers across all these platforms versus Call of Duty League, the Call of Duty League is going to have like a much larger AMA, but it's only at like very specific moments and it's like less overall content. 
versus the TSM bucket, you know, you have a much lower AMA, but it's across thousands of streamers on thousands of different platforms on thousands of different devices. So in terms of like, is there a way to boil it all down to one metric, i.e. uniques, which is what everybody asks for, but that's never going to happen because it is impossible to get YouTube and Twitch, two companies that are like adamantly opposed to just open up and deduplicate that, that's just never gonna happen. Um, it's it's not it, that's not gonna happen. And so instead, like what's important for marketers or whoever to understand is like, here's all these different KPIs, here's what they mean, here's what's valuable for me, here's what's valuable for the story I'm trying to tell. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Bobby, do you find that the brands um, have less of an understanding of streaming metrics in general? Like, do you find that a lot of your customers are coming to you guys because there's a, a, a larger education gap with brands from a streaming perspective versus like, you know, they all understand page views or unique visitors. They all understand views on YouTube videos, but streaming really is a very different animal, right? You may have someone who comes into the stream, spends an hour there, then, you know, tunes into a different stream and comes back. And like, how do you count these things? And um, do you find that there, the gap is bigger with, with brands from an education standpoint or, or they're caught up? I think we see it everywhere, Paul. Um, it's not necessarily just with brands. Like, I'm not going to name who, but I remember a couple years ago, I had a very endemic gaming company asking me for uh, viewership stats around, it was like AMA around a like major award show. And they were doing a calculation around like AMA that was just really different than ours. Um, and essentially what they were doing, and I, I see this all the time, is like, you have people who take kind of like the average concurrence of different feeds and either they add them together or they uh, average them. And that's not correct. Like the correct way to do it for like proper AMA is you really measure like the average audience across all feeds. So YouTube, Twitch, co-streamers, Facebook, um, potentially television, China's a whole nother issue. Like measure that all from minute to minute the, the uh, concurrence at every minute, then you take the average of that. So I don't think it's like an issue with just brands. Um, I, I definitely think that that a lot of the brands that we come to, or come to us rather, um, 
do kind of want us to number one just like do that calculation for them because it's a really tough calculation there's a lot of we joke that we're like the kings of counting the beans because there's a lot of beans <laughs> to count um and it takes a lot and it's a lot of work um and and there are other parties that do that but i think um the other reason they come to us which you kind of touched on is like you know what's what's happening within the stream and it kind of drills that second point i talked about earlier where there's different streaming metrics, right? Like you could just look at if we're even if we're just talking concurrence, right? Like you could just say, hey, here's the average concurrence of like this day for this content, right? But then you can also look at like, hey, I'm gonna like actually cut up those content segments and I'm just gonna look at like the average concurrence of matches. I'm just gonna look at the average concurrence of branded content. I'm just gonna look at the average concurrence of pregame. I'm gonna look at just the average concurrence of this platform, co-streaming, da, da 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 right? There's all these different ways that you can kind of look at the data. I mean, additionally, a, a capability we have that's that's super neat is we can actually do some like retention analysis on our side. We have some cool data where we can look at like, hey, are they are they are is this average concurrence? Is this audience that watched this esports stream? Do they watch it previously, or is this their first time here? How often do they come back? How much content do like my really hardcore fans who do come back watch? So I think in terms of like our brands getting it to kind of answer your question, like they're getting better, and there are a lot of really smart people um, at brands. But just because you're endemic to gaming doesn't mean you're better at looking at this data. So, so, so Bobby, it sounds like I mean what we've covered so far have been a couple of different buckets here, right? From doing the legwork and compiling the data presenting it in digestible ways, and then also still a large education factor where you have companies that even if you present them the data, there might be a misconception or a misunderstanding as to, again, like you said, why yours is appropriate and proper or, or just updating, you know, what have you with, with how they've been evaluating and, and measuring and monitoring performance. Uh, would love for you to talk about, if you're at Liberty, a bit more about the clients that Stream Hatchet has, some of the big names that you'd mentioned as well as more vaguely, perhaps what education or hurdles besides uh, besides averaging concurrence across multiple distribution outlets, what are the other education factors, hurdles, or KPIs that you've noticed are being requested now? You had mentioned, for example, engagement during branded content segments, right? Which I'm sure sponsors would love to know about. Um, curious because the, the the insights that you guys provide are, are so actionable and also so. Uh, targeted and specific would love to get a little bit more into the the nuts and bolts of it yeah definitely so um i'll kind of answer your question like two phases so i think um and i'll I'll talk about a specific example it was a couple of years ago i feel like it was two or three now we we helped a marketing agency do a campaign with uh i think it was nick a30 and nascar and we had the opportunity where I think the marketing agency, they had some questions for us and we were kind of helping them understand different data points. But eventually where we got to is we actually got to go on the phone and like present with them kind of jointly. Uh, the findings of this campaign, it was a nice report um, on like what happened and what the streaming insights were. And this is like an older VP of marketing, whatever, like he was new to gaming, he was new to streaming, like this is all really new for him. The thing that stood out for me was he wanted to learn. It wasn't necessarily like, put this into my box. Like certainly there are a lot of companies that are like, streaming is too tricky because I can't put this into my little media buyer's box and I can't understand this. And like, I'm good. I'm just going to keep buying ads where I'm used to buying ads. Um, in this instance, he was like, I get this is different. Help me translate this. Okay, this is average audience 80, 18 to 34. Okay, that's what peak concurrent, concurrent viewers means. Okay, this is what hours watch means. Okay, so that's, I think, where it's been helpful is like, number one, just trying our best to, it's not always going to be apples to apples, but find like apples to starfruit kind of thing of uh, new metric to old metric kind of thing, right? Um, I think the second piece where there's a uh, education uh, isn't so much about like the data itself or understanding like concurrence or understanding this. It's like, how do we do better? How how do I optimize? How do I optimize? How do I optimize? Um, one of our customers who, who I think I'm at liberty to talk about because they've come on podcasts with us before uh, is uh, Hot, Nestle Hot Pockets. 
something that I that they remarked that was really really exciting about what we were able to offer versus uh, what kind of had pre-existed in terms of measurement um, and kind of the old media world was like we're we're so quick with the turnaround. Like the you can look at the data the second it's created versus like hey can you build a report on my campaign? Okay, I'll see you in six months. Right, like this was just quick, 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 quick. We were able to answer them. I think we were answering them same day in some cases, um, but also we were able to answer them every week. They can go into our dashboard, pull some reports themselves. Um, and what's been valuable for them and for another other couple of brands, and I'll, I'll point to this insight because it's it's available in our report, is like how do we drive more engagement on Twitch as opposed to just viewership? So. Something that's been there for years is uh, there's a Doritos Twitch mode. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that is like by and far like the most chatted about um, like food brand on Twitch, and it's because they have that emoji, and gamers are just using that, using that, using that, using that over and over again. So we've pointed that out to uh, numerous different companies who are kind of either selling uh, physical products, food and beverage, whatever it is, CPG. Like, go make an emoji, go be part of the chat, go be a meme. Um, and that's something that's really resonated with them. So it's like, not there's a like, help me translate the data, help me understand the data layer. And then there's a like, okay, I'm in, I'm sold. I just, I want this to like land. I want this to be a really strong campaign and like hit home. I want to be endemic. How do I do it? How do I optimize? How do I get better? What did I do wrong? You know, that's, that's something that. I think a lot of marketers are asking all the time is like, does Twitch feel good about our content? Uh, you know, what are they saying in chat? Like one of our other fun exercises that we've done is like, we've built like a very rough and it works like sentiment analysis for Twitch, which is like really hard to do because of just how chaotic Twitch chat is. Um, but what we also do for brands is like, we will read the chat messages. We will read the chat messages. We will try to translate that and add some kind of data layer to like, Hey, people are talking about you versus people are talking about you in a good way versus like, you need to do something. I, I just, because you had mentioned Nestle, I want to do a quick shout out to Brian Waddell episode 166 on the business of esports podcast. One of my favorite episodes for our listeners to go back and take a listen. Um, Bobby, I mean, are there other clients that you can compare Nestle to that have maybe different needs or concerns or, or other than optimizing? Or is that something that you see is pretty consistent across your clients? Also, if you're at liberty to discuss any of the other ones, but I, I know some of this is, is not. I could, I could talk about the ones I could talk about. Um, I think uh, I could talk about Riot for like years. And like all they care about is esports. Uh, they've 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 been a great partner. I think they've been with us for uh, since like 2019. Um, it's it's really a lot about optimization. There's an optimization. There's not only just an optimization from a sponsorship standpoint, but from a content standpoint, right? Like these leagues want to grow. They want to understand like what Twitch viewers want and how they uh, consume content. Um, one of the ways where we've been really helpful to them is like on the co-streaming front. No, this is a as I kind of mentioned earlier, like there are there are pros and cons of co-streaming, right? And especially if you're like not familiar with the idea of like someone else touching your content, someone creating transformative versions of your content, like that's a very um, scary thing for a lot of uh, uh, executives who aren't as new to this whole Twitch YouTube gaming thing, right? So where we've been really helpful for them and um, other kind of companies that have invested heavily in co-streaming is like just understanding the impact of that. If that's growing, who is growing, who are good co-streaming partners versus who aren't good co-streaming partners. That I think has been invaluable and one of the reasons they've stuck with us for years other than i think they enjoy uh just stomping on us in uh valor matches uh in our off time but you know one more quick shout out there uh to matt archambault from riot episode 68 with us uh live at pax paul that was uh, i think one of your first live event episodes not in studio so that was a fun experience for us and we love those guys uh you know bobby i mean you've mentioned riot you've mentioned nestle 
are there smaller <laughs> clients that you guys service, startups, teams, or are they all just massive? I, I know you guys go toe to toe with Nielsen daily. So, but I would love to just get a little one more question in uh, rounding out, I think, not just your services, but the types of clients that you service and the different needs that they have from developers, publishers to, you know, obviously brands to, yeah, what, what would be the next bucket there? I mean, I think we work with companies of all scales. Um, we're still like a growing company. Like we, we got like 80 something customers worldwide. Um, and there are definitely a lot of like big, like 10 cents, whatever the world. But I do, I do like our small customers. We work with, uh, I wouldn't really call them small anymore, but we definitely work with FaZe Clan who just IPO. They're, they're great to work with. Uh, Tribe Gaming is one that we've worked with for a while. I think like our smaller customers are a little more lean. They have less to focus on, so they're kind of like uh, lighter touch in the in the essence of like the level of service we provide to them. But it's still great to kind of talk to them, and they'll pick our brains every once in a while. Like, what do you guys think of Metaverse? What do you guys think of Roblox? Is there a streaming opportunity around Roblox? Is there this? So Tribe Gaming is uh, they've been with us for a long time. Um, they're they're a smaller mobile focused esports team, but really enjoy working with them. We had Tribe on also. Actually, you keep hitting all the same uh, buzzwords, <laughs> which is kind world, of funny. Right? Episode yeah. one forty three uh, with Chief Pat. Oh, I'm sorry, Paul. If you wanted to hop in, go for it. No, no, no go ahead. I I, just, I wanted to switch gears a bit. I wanted to talk about China, Bobby, because this is a recurring conversation on the podcast. Um, you know, some of the numbers that we see out of China, and we we obviously report on them and we discuss them on our, our, our weekly news show. And all of those conversations inevitably end with like, we're not really sure we can trust the numbers here, right? They seem really big. We're not sure if that's actually what they are. Is there funny business going on? Is that like, mm -hmm. how much do you guys have to deal with that? And, and, and I'm just curious to get your take on it, right? Like, should we be trusting everything we're seeing out of China from a numbers perspective when it comes to audience and streaming and all these things? Or or is there a more nuanced approach that we should be looking at these numbers with? Uh, that's a great question. I think having a level of skepticism uh, and, and critical thinking with any data and any, any number is just good to have across the board. Um, we do pull in third-party data from Chinese platforms that we pull for our customers, but we wouldn't try to do like an apples to apples comparison. Like we think it's valuable for, we call it like heat number or like heat score instead of average concurrence, just because like we understand that there's an audience there. Um, how it's calculated is very different than how like, Twitch, YouTube calculates their numbers, but even then, like there are discrepancies between how Twitch counts a unique and how YouTube counts a, a unique viewer. Excuse me. Um, so there, like I, I feel like this is a tricky question. There are the numbers that you can trust for from China. I mean, there are numbers you can't, but I can assure you that the data that we process on behalf of our customers, like. There is a very rigorous um, fact-checking and critical thinking process if you're looking at like the proper rehearsed, prepared numbers by esports leagues. You know, I think like if Activision is going to come out and put out a like press release about our AMA around the world was this for Overwatch League, like. We do have um, some touch into numbers like that. And so those I trust a little bit more. But if it's like collected by a third party, like if we were to put out a post about uh, China data tomorrow, I would not feel comfortable like saying like this is the Chinese audience versus the Twitch audience. I think we could do like here are the top channels on the Chinese platforms kind of thing. I know I'm I, I'm sorry. I wish I could answer your question. Everyone's been asking this forever, but the like <laughs> the Chinese like business market is very different, and I think how they look at advertising and media buying and all that stuff is just really different than the way we look at it in the West. And so I think you kind of it's hard for us to say like here's the audience in China versus here's the audience in the West kind of thing. 
So would you say that the legwork of compiling the data is equally difficult as educating or, or using that data with, with regard to China? Um, I'd say so. Luckily, we don't have to do as much. Uh, like we don't we don't touch a ton of Chinese data throughout the year, I would say. Like we we touch a little bit of it. Um luckily I'm not the one. I think typically like our customers or more the ones that have to kind of do that kind of like this is why this should be calculated like this and this is this this is this like we just make the pretty powerpoints um yeah i just want to sort of broaden this the this topic to you know differences in dealing with different geographies not necessarily china but like uh when you're looking at data from europe versus from north america like uh, are you guys weighting these things differently? Are you, you know, is there any is there any process that goes into segregating data geographically and treating it differently from a streaming perspective? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think it depends what the like intention, like how you're going to use the data, right? So from just looking at like different markets if you just want to analyze like is the european region growing versus the north american region versus whatever that's probably a little more apples to apples where we might do an analysis and go like okay how are all of the major leagues in europe doing with all these different language feeds versus the leagues in north america versus the league in south america versus the leagues in southeast asia and like then we can look at different kind of insights of a data. Like we might say, like, hey, like console titles or shooter titles uh, from like an esports perspective have grown uh, massively in popularity in like North American Europe. Um, Battle Royale and kind of mobile titles and mobile gaming is still huge in APAC, and that's grown uh, tremendously, right? Um, then there's like the media media valuation component of that where um you might look at then you want to assign like okay what's the value of that audience uh we do we would assign like different cpms depending on different audiences like it, it kind of depends on like how a media buyer is putting together a campaign so it's like yes and no you know what i mean like i would say something like ebuy who's this huge streamer in Spain, who's kind of like taken over the world. He was on TV a couple months ago with like Lionel Messi and Shakira, right? He's he's like one of the biggest streamer on streamers on Twitch. Unfortunately, he probably has a lower CPM than a Shroud, who's in North America, appeals to a North, North American audience. Um, his audience is going to have a higher earning and spending potential than the Spain audience or loud which is a huge uh south american esports team has blown up they might have like a larger audience and they might appeal to more viewers across different geographies but their cpm might just be lower just because of kind of where they're based at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
interesting. Um, before we get to everyone's favorite new segment, um, I just wanted to ask one question because we were talking about it before before the show. Um, and this is something that I've always thought someone needs to be doing, and, and you guys are doing it. Can you talk about the Valorant tournament, Bobby, that you guys are hosting? Oh, my God. I know this is not your core business. For my shameless plug. <laughs> this is not uh, our core business. So, like, we've... Um, there are a bunch of different ways, like advertise whatever you're doing, right, in gaming, uh, especially as a B2B company. Um, also, like something that I have been missing forever and ever and ever, where I always like, I'll match up with people in Discord every once in a while, and I'll go, "Oh, you play Valorant?" Or I'll go to like a B2B event, and I'll be talking to someone, and I'll be like, "You have a Discord?" Like it's almost surprising to me sometimes at this point that like people actually play games, they build their own computer, like whatever. Um, so we just kind of were talking around. We're like, you know, it'd be great if like, we just could bring all these different people together that we talk to and like, let's just have like a super casual, fun Valorant. We picked Valorant cause it's a free to play game. And like the, um, processing power required to run it isn't like immense. You know, we might do rocket league for the next one. We might do Warzone in the future. Um, but like, wouldn't it be great if we just put all these people together and like have like a little like tournament? For fun um we've gotten a pretty good turnout so far much better than anticipated um because we haven't done like any like quote-unquote marketing around it other than kind of like word of mouth like pass this around pass this around um the fun thing that we are going to do with it at the end is like the final two teams to kind of like place and get through uh, we're actually going to do like an actual like esports broadcast of um <laughs> if i don't make it through then you'll get to see me actually like casting play-by-play -play with jake um i based on the elos and kind of like rankings that i've seen come through I, I think that's probably where i'm going to be i think i saw like an ascendant come through and a, and a couple golds so uh but yeah it should it should be great if, if you're interested in um signing up uh you can dm me i think we have a post on our like linkedin i think i have a post on my linkedin too i'll probably pin it today this is this is on east coast servers because i was going to say there's a lot of very lucky people Lucky that I'm not on the East Coast anymore. That's a TBD. That's like a uh, that's an Alex problem, as I say, who's not here. Alex is uh, one of our customer success guys, and I'm like, okay, you go figure out the specifics. Like, I'm just the idea here. I'm I'm creating the fire. You need to put it out. I think it's really smart to have uh, a bunch of industry people, business people going at it in Valorant. I think it's brilliant uh, and sounds like a lot of fun. Um, that brings us to everyone's favorite new segment. That's Judge Jimmy's cross-examination. Those of you who are new here, the way it works is Judge Jimmy's going to ask a few rapid-fire questions. The purpose is to get to know Bobby better as a person, as a gamer, as a business person. Um, Judge Jimmy, take it away. All right, Bobby, just a couple quick ones for you, like Paul mentioned. Uh, I know you're talking a little bit about Valorant, so I'm going to broaden this first question to what is your favorite game, not just right now, but of all time? I didn't realize video games were supposed to be fun because I play League of Legends. Uh, so, <laughs> but of all time, like, I think the game I've like, like, if I'm just trying to enjoy a game and play it by myself, I'd say like Wind Waker was pretty fun. Uh, that's kind of like an old Nintendo game. Um, if I'm playing games with my friends uh it's probably like league or valorant but half the time i'm enjoying that half the time i'm like kind of pounding my head against the desk and going why did i download this game <laughs> and why have i spent so much on a free game <laughs> all, all good points i don't think we've had a wind waker answer here that's wonderful um you know and I, i'm interested on this next question because partially because of the data you guys collect and the deep insights which might influence your answer here but as far as crossover collaborations between games and other IP or brands, i.e. Fortnite, Balenciaga, think Call of Duty and Die Hard and Rambo skins, what, what's your favorite uh, crossover collaboration? Unfortunately, I'm gonna feel, I feel like a riot shill, which is probably what I am at this point. <laughs> uh, I think the coolest thing was like the Louis Vuitton, uh, like True Damage, whatever, or like the they did like the K-pop thing. That stuff has been really cool because I can actually show my girlfriend that, and she yeah. like understands, and she's like, "Wait, like 
this is like a thing like this is like real and i'm like <laughs> I'm like no, no 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 it's not like this is not my job is not real you know kind of thing um but she's like no 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 this is like a real thing like people watch this so that um like that i that i guess like the louis vuitton stuff you know it's a great one no, it, i still it, want it, that trophy it, case just because i know right it looks <laughs> nice what I love too, like you said, it brings us into the mainstream and becomes more tangible. What I love about that one was that there were enough goods for everyone to, to purchase, unlike the Gucci Xbox one, which was also cool, but they had only 100 pieces. And I was like, I'm never going to get one of these. So sorry, my, my little rant there. Um, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> back, back to Bobby. Uh, here's actually my favorite one. And I always ask is what's your go-to gamer snack or drink? Ooh, that is a really good question. Uh, I can I say beer on the podcast? Is Absolutely. That, is that a which good? which which beer? It kind of changes. Uh, I really like. Uh, I uh, probably the 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 fuel that helps me like go is like fat tires, pretty good. And then every once in a while, like indulge and buy like a game fuel or like a. Um, uh, red bull and stuff like that but then like i really also like it's like golden monkey victory and i don't, I don't know if you guys heard one. of that no i haven't it's like nine percent no. but oh, it like dang. ruins your ability to play the game uh <laughs> properly but it's it's fun yeah it, slowing reaction time while playing an fps <laughs> <laughs> interesting choice but uh i'll give it to you uh all right let's go last one here i'm gonna broaden because we've talked so much well, we talked a lot about just streaming in general content and, you know, the, the different need for data from some of your different clients. A lot of this that we're talking about, this technology, this user behavior are building into the metaverse, of course. Just want to get your quick temperature. Are you on the fence? Are you excited? Are you not a fan? What do you think about the, the current structure and the future uh, of the metaverse as we see it today? You know, Jimmy, you're the second person asking about this today. And I have to answer it's another, an early day already. another <laughs> we have oh. a joke at uh, I'll give my opinion in a second. We have a joke at the uh, company that anyone anytime anyone mentions uh, web three, blockchain, crypto, or metaverse, um, Alex uh, gets to leave thirty minutes early from work. and and that's a joke. Oh. In terms of my uh, <laughs> opinion about it, um, I th look, it's it's definitely where there's opportunity. I own, I own an Oculus. I've done VR chat. It is fun. I think the commercial opportunity is essentially it allows game publishers and game developers to outsource their revenue generation because most of their revenue is coming from like in-game cosmetics or skins or whatever. So they outsource that to the community. They get a tax. And then in theory, they get to like just work on making their game better and more playable, right? Which would be good for everybody. Um, I think it already exists in some places. I think some companies are going to do it better than others. I think there's opportunity. I like Roblox. I like Fortnite. Um, those are those are probably like my two favorite. I'm like less bullish on Decentraland or Sandbox, but I actually have not downloaded or played either. I don't think we've had an answer quite like that. I know that if we were to leave early every time Metaverse was mentioned at Holodeck, yeah, we, wouldn't company, work. we would never, <laughs> we would never work. work. <laughs> <laughs> but that, oh these God. are great answers, Bobby. That's all I got for you. Back, back to you, Paul. But th thank you, Bobby. Uh, Bobby, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, for people who want to follow you, follow Stream Hatchet, find you, find Stream Hatchet, like, where can you be followed or found, or where can people find out more about what you guys are doing? If you want to follow me professionally, you can look for me on like LinkedIn, um, just Bobby Baird. I should pop up. Um, if you want like a like less like clean quote unquote version of me professionally, I'm on Twitter um, at barely Baird, um, and then Stream Hatchet. Uh, we're active on Twitter. We're active on. Uh, LinkedIn. I think we had a TikTok for a minute. That might still be going, and that's just Stream Hatchet. We are a verified account. That was a fun little thing that we got to do two years ago. Very cool. Um, I really, I really love what you guys are doing, and uh, I, I think it's such a great story and so uh, necessary, right, for the industry. I think it. You can't have a black box forever. You need people to make sense of the data, and I think you guys are doing such a great job of it. So. 
Thank you so much for being on the show. Jimmy, thank you as always. For our, our listeners, just a bit of housekeeping, guys. Don't forget, every Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, we do a live stream. We cover all the news from the last week. It's a bigger cast. It's a lot of fun. We get to do it live with you guys. So make sure to show up for that. We broadcast everywhere you get our content. So on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, literally everywhere. Uh, you can find that live stream Wednesdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Also, don't forget, share the podcast with a friend. Leave that review. We really appreciate it. Follow us on all the socials, Business of Esports everywhere. And don't forget the most important thing, guys. The future is fun. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Business of Esports podcast. Check us out at thebusinessofesports.com and on Twitter at bizesports. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.